What's up, everyone? My name is Tebs, and thanks so much for checking out the Superpower Podcast. This podcast was created to celebrate young African women who are excelling in their business, careers, and lives. We want to salute you and give you flowers while you can still smell them. Every week, we will be profiling a boss babe and finding out from them how they have harnessed their superpower and what more we can expect from them. So stay tuned and make sure to subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all our social media pages at Superpower Podcast. Leave us a review and even drop a voice note on our channel shouting out ladies who are inspirational to you. The official hashtag for anything on this podcast is hashtag Superpower Podcast. Enjoy. Hi everyone, it's Tebs and you're listening to the Superpower Podcast where every single Monday we endeavor to bring you another phenomenal African woman and this week is no different. Um, on the other side of the line, I've got an incredible woman. Her name is Apiweng Musana Mawela and she is the first black female to own a brewery in South Africa. She's a brewmaster. She'll tell me all about that, how she even found out about that because all of us are accountants, doctors, and she decided to go into brewery. So without further ado, how are you doing, Apiwe? Hi, Deborah. How are you doing, dear? I'm all good. I'm all good. Thanks for joining us um, on the call. And I can't wait to hear about your incredible journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Cool. So so, so tell me, um, how did you even get into the industry? Because, you know, the, the rest of us did like your traditional careers and you then decided to get into brewing. So how did you even find out about it? And what was your story to getting into the industry? So it was actually not uh, planned. So I was not like uh, grew up wanting to get into the beer industry. I never used to drink, touch alcohol growing up. Um, I mean, you today I'm not much of a, dr of a drinker, more of appreciator as a brewmaster. <laughs> um, for me, <laughs> it was it was more the sciences. So I um, I enjoyed biology at school. I enjoyed maths and sciences. So I kind of knew that I was going to end up within the science field, but obviously not sure what. I grew up in the Eastern Cape in Butterworth, um, mm. and then I did my high school here in Johannesburg, uh, which obviously then meant I was more exposed to various things. Uh, so what made what made me choose to do what I'm doing now was actually when I attended an, an open day at the Red Afrikaans University, uh, which was which is now UJ, and at the BSC stand they had um, a can of castle yogurt and cheese. And they were showcasing the study of microbiology and biotechnology. And I was like, wow, you know, like, who knew that the products that people consume in every day are actually from a scientific um, background, I mean, from a scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, for me, that's where it started. I started just reading around about um, biotechnology, where one could work. Um, and SAB kept coming up. Um, in my list and winemaking, beer making kept coming up and I thought it was interesting. Let me give it a try. I remember telling my father that uh, I'm going to study microbiology because growing up, they thought I was going to become a doctor. Um, yes, like all black parents yeah. do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I told him that, you know what, I've come across this interesting thing called microbiology, biotechnology, you want to 
give it a try. And it's like, okay. I um, mean, his first question was, is there money in it? Um, where are you going to work? <laughs> I think like all parents, all they, they worry more. They, about, they uh, want to make sure we are fine and that we yes. will be living in their forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Then, so I went to BITS. I did my undergrad there. Um, and then I went to the Secretariat to do my honors. Uh, then I got a bursary with SAP because um, I, I think for me, because like uh, with my research, SAP kept on coming up as a, a potential employer. So, mm. so I kept applying for a bursary with them from my first year um, each year. Um, them decline because I was not, I enjoyed medicine, but I was not like your straight A student. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they kept on because they were looking for the straight A's and whatnot. So I think somebody decided like, yo, who's this? Each year she keeps Who on keeps applying. applying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to <laughs> So they actually gave me a bursary for my honors year. Um, and then uh, I did my honors at Ibiza Pretoria. Uh, that same year, I actually moved from Birds to UP. They, at UP, they were trying a, um, a diploma in brewing at the, at the university level. So it was the first time they were doing that in South Africa. Because before that, um, you had to have studied overseas to become a brewer. So um, oh, wow. I became part of that group. And um, and then, yeah, and then I completed the diploma um, in brewing. I joined SAP, did the brewing traineeship, uh, 18 months. And after that, then I became a uh, qualified brewer. I worked for the company for about six, seven, eight years. Um, wow. And then I also did my master brewer. And then I left in 2015. Shoo, 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 shoo. I mean, that, that's an incredible, that's an incredible journey. So, so, so the reason why I wanted to have you on on the podcast is because I I remember watching an interview of you, and I'm like, this lady looks so familiar. Like I know her from somewhere, only to find that we were at the same high school. But I think you were like a few years um, above me. So I, I'm pretty oh. impressed. Yeah, with yeah, with like high. your your journey yeah 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 um and and sab because now you're getting exposed to um this world of brewing what was your experience like because you also stayed there for quite some time before you decided to venture out and become an entrepreneur Mm. i I mean for going in to be honest i was not even sure what i was getting myself into um I, i just you know, it's like one of those things that I thought it was a bit interesting, but not really fully understanding what it was about. Um, and then once I was in, I, I mean, I think I was fortunate enough that um, when I joined the company, I was, I was welcomed. I was mentored by people who, um, who gave me the time of day. You know, so they they helped yeah. me to, to to to. They gave me the time, you know, to really learn the processes. And understand um, the different uh, aspects of the um, of the process. And um, sorry. <laughs> and so yeah. Um, sorry about that. So so I was I, I, for me that was it. And then also as as I as I went through the different um, processes within the companies and going through different. Um, uh, uh, positions within the brewery, being exposed to yes. different uh, um, processes within the within the brewing process, and I fell in love with actually the whole process as a whole. And what changed the changing point for me was when I was appointed as a um, as a craft brewer for the business. 
So that was in uh, 2011. So I was stationed okay. at, um, at Shamdo, Shamdo Brewery. So I was uh, tasked to run a small brewery within the um, Shamdo Brewery. And um, I used to brew for festivals. So I'll be told, you know, there's a, there's a festival in Cape Town. Um, brew what you want and let us know we'll design a label how it goes oh wow <laughs> you know so during that process i was um obviously learning more about the different styles i was exposed to um the global trends in the beer industry uh different styles because when i was training i was obviously trained on the and the main sap products um so during that pro that in that position i was exposed to like the, the craft beer industry not only in south africa but globally I was bring and I was also perfect in my own. I think I was like a chef where you you, you used to work at a at a restaurant and you brewed the menu, the set menu, and one day you yes um do your own thing, do your own thing, um create whatever wow and, and, and see what comes out. So during that process for me, that's when I was like, wow, actually this is quite cool. Um and then as people and getting feedback from people saying, you know what, we love your product. Uh, we love your beers. Your beers are so good. Why are you still working for for the company? Why don't you start your own thing? Um, and meeting other people yeah. really started their journey within um, the craft beer um, brewing space, and and seeing them doing very well, enjoying what they're doing. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is something I can also do. And um, I think I was also sure. fortunate in the sense that um, my my dad, who used to be a teacher, had left teaching. Um, Like when I was still in high school and started his own business. So when I told him that you know what I'm thinking of leaving um, the comforts of a of a nice paying job because it was very comfortable, very nice paying, um, to start my of own course. thing, he was like my parents were very supportive. You know, and try it out. Um, let's see, because my dad is a firm believer in beers. Sure, that's amazing. Okay, so so maybe for 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 us the layman who who's not really um who doesn't really know the terminology. When you say craft beer, how is that different to I guess like mainstream what SAP produces? Yeah, so I mean, I get up to date all beer. Um and the word the word craft is is just a terminology that some people choose to put in front of their Yeah, naming their beer, or they choose not to. Um, it's, it's one of those. I mean, if you, even if you Google what is craft beer, you get different opinions because there is no set um, definition of what craft beer is. It just depends on a okay. different, uh, different people's interpretation of the word of the term. For me, um, the way I normally explain to people is you have umama ukogoshalekoni who actually makes iwachi irons either by herself, takes her time. Yeah. Um, And puts a passion into, it. and you know, Agbazulu when they start using the beads, and the beads tell a story, and the different colors, uh, versus going to a well-known uh, jewelry shop and buying a watch. Uh, both tell time, both look nice, yeah. but one is is, is is crafted with care and passion, has a story behind it. Um, you can walk up to the person and, and interact with the person who actually produced the product. Versus the one that is um, less produced in a factory some way that you never know who made it, who designed it, True. and so for me, I said in that point that we all make beer, but my the difference with me is that obviously 
um, you can come up to me if you know me. Obviously, um, I can tell you the story behind the beers. I can tell you my story. Yes. There's a passion behind it. Not to say that other beers are not full of passion, but you know, it's a different, um, it's a different, um, at a different level. So for me, that's what craft is about. Um, being local, producing, okay. Uh, knowing who makes it. Can, you can, you know, there's that connection. Ah, I get that. I get that. Okay. Okay. And then you decided you're going to be an entrepreneur and not just any entrepreneur. You're going to own your own brewery. Tell us that journey. Um, the day you decided I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to start. How did you start? And I mean, I don't think it's also like cheap to just set up a brewery. So how did that whole process work out for you? Yeah, it was one of those things that always you don't just wake up and <laughs> it happens. Um, <laughs> the, the, the leading to it uh, for me, it was it was always a thought in the beginning, um, but it was one of those things like, hey, is it really possible? I mean, um, looking at the people at that time, back in 2011, 2012, who had started their own breweries, um, most of them had been had come from trips overseas, had money to set up their own breweries. Uh, you know, yeah. um, had other, you know, had funds to pick up the, the, the dream and an end. And I was just me. Um, so just thinking about that in the mind, the the, the amount of money that we required to start a was not something that I could just do by myself. So initially, I I, I went into a partnership with um, some guys that I was introduced to who were actually also looking to set up, but didn't have the technical expertise. So we okay. went into a partnership. Uh, we started a brewery, which is called Hogs, still, still um, around in Kailami. And um, so I came in as a shareholder, as part of the directors. And my I was my role was to actually um, set up the brewery and run every day running and uh, making sure that the beers, designing recipes and bring the beers and overlooking everything while they didn't also focus on, on the other things. So for me, that was actually, um, looking back, that I had to go through that because it prepared me for, because then I had, I, I was not fully in charge of everything. So I could focus on only the brewing, the recipes, and knowing that somebody else was yes. the finance. You were like the creative director. Yes, someone else was looking after marketing. So not everything lies on me, um, which obviously then allowed me to kind of like really master my portion and then kind of learn from mm-hmm just see what other people within the team are doing and, and, and learn from them. Um, so I was there for uh, three years. And um, during okay. that time, and I, I mean, when we started the brewery, I told the guys that, you know what, I'm not, I didn't leave SAB to work for another um, another person, you know. Uh, the dream, the long-term plan is to have my own brewery at some point. So I started my company, Booster's yeah. Craft, in 2015. Um, and in that time, I was just focusing mainly on consulting and um, developing recipes for people and training. Um, and then, yeah, in 2016, 2017, I started looking for investors. I put together my own business plan, um, set my own brewery, um, met a few people. You know how it is. I think everybody that's listening out there who has gone through the... <laughs> Looking for investors, presenting to this one, and you're thinking this is it, this is it. They're so excited, and then and then all of a sudden they just stop answering your calls. Um, yeah. Or, or you get people that tell you, no, I can get you the money, but you have to give me whatever percentage of your company. I'm like, no, but I mean, it's government money, so why should I be giving you a percentage for just a of my company? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you come across all sorts <laughs> of things out there. So, but I was fortunate enough was, um I was through a mutual friend. Uh, I got a contact at IDC. Um, so I was I managed to actually submit my application. So, because uh, one of the things I've learned also is sometimes just going through these call centers, um, you might just be your unlucky day that the person who answers your call doesn't give you know she doesn't the person doesn't like whatever and they put your your application at the bottom of the pile or you know it doesn't see the light of day but for me i think um getting um that that connection i was able to then uh present my business plan uh set up a meeting presented um so the first presentation uh the team that was there uh, loved the idea um and thought there was a lot of room to work with it and then so i submitted Mm -hmm. an official application uh, and a year later, because these things take time, a year later, yeah, like reports and this and that, and uh, wanting them wanting um, off-take agreements, wanting uh, collateral, and I think that's where a lot of black people actually we we, we um, sometimes not we suffer. Yeah, yeah. I I was fortunate in the sense that I I had been working for ACB, so I'm able to build a bit of uh, credit record, um, like for a house, mm. cars, and then and. So I could put up some of those things, um, you know. So whereas if a person who just comes out of Alex, who has the brightest idea in the world, but has never worked or is hustling all their lives and they don't have such, I think, something that uh, if any government person is listening, that we need to really look at, at how the funding is structured in the country, especially for black entrepreneurs. True. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So my application a year later was... Um, I was granted the funds to set up the brewery. So that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, the brewery is in Rodeport in Johannesburg. So it's a thousand liter facility brewery that can do 25,000 liters of beer per month. Um, so I do beers and ciders. I mainly do contract manufacturing so that I brew for other yes. people and recently launched our own brand. Sure. I mean, I was very interested when I saw that you guys do contract manufacturing, you know, because I can imagine just launching your own brand also comes with its own stuff. But I I thought it was very smart that you came on with contract manufacturing. So can I just come as Deboho and say, hey, Apiwe, I've got this idea to make a beer. I've got the design i know what it's meant to taste like can you make it for me is 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 that what you guys do yes also so when i started the company i mean the the, the for me the the structure the strategy was that i was going to contract manufacture and that came from um coming from when i started the company boosters i i was consulting so i, I helped people develop recipes but then they'll come back and say mm. right now i've got the recipe on paper where do i brew and I'm like, no, go to that person. Yes. No, but I want you to brew it because you are the one who was part of the whole, I mean, you came up with the True. Um, the taste and an end. I want you to be part of the whole uh, journey of the brand. And uh, so as I interacted with more and more um, entrepreneurs in the beer space, I was like, you know what, let me set up a facility where um, people can come in. Um, I help them develop their brands. And some of them I know are looking to set up their own breweries at some point because um, they, they they might because when you go to investors, one of the things I also realize is that obviously they want to see do you have the right skills, have you tested the yes. market, do you have offtake agreements, and if you just wake up with a as a demo call, the demo call lager as an idea and think 
and your friends say, yo, it will sell. I'll buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Investors <laughs> want to see something on paper. They want to see financials. They want to see projections. Um, so I wanted sure. to create a space where people can actually, uh, without going and buying the equipment, prove concepts, um, create the next generation of Charles Glasses for me. I think it was about that, the next generation of the Heineken family. I mean, Heineken is owned by a family, so why not start our own in South Africa or in Africa? Yeah. Yes. So that was the, uh, that was the, um, the vision or, or the, the plan around it. And then, uh, again, people kept on asking me, why are you starting your own brand? <laughs> um, and I always said, you know, <laughs> I, I want to taste your beer. I was like, I don't want to. I, for a very long time, I was like, I don't want to have my face or my, my name on a beer bottle. So for me, um, I enjoy making the product because once you start selling, yeah. the other side of the of the coin is a different ball game. I mean, brewing is one of thing. Course. And, and that's what I have been mastering to now then switch to the other end where you have to now sell, market, you know, chase up customers and an ad. And for a very long sure. time, it was something that I was, um, was, I would say, scared to get into. But as more people mm. kept asking, I mean, even retailers, people who had uh, outlets, like, you know, like, the day you have your product, you must let me know I will stock it without even tasting it. Well, definitely <laughs> stock it. Sure. No, <laughs> and that's I think that's, because that's something yeah. I think for me, that's uh, um, an advice I give to um, other young entrepreneurs to say, sometimes you just have to, you know, prove yourself before, like, uh, make sure you've got the right foundation and not and not um, rush things, you know. Um, make sure that you, 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 you master what you're doing. Uh, before you, you end up taking all over, taking over the world, just stick to your lane, get it right, so that even um, and for me, that's all the other thing. When people ask me how did within the industry be it being so uh, white male dominated and and women being such yeah. a minority, and for me, it hasn't. I haven't had too much um, uh, negativity because uh, people respect the fact that I know what I'm talking about. I've, I've put in ah. 10,000, <laughs> my 10,000 hours. Are yeah, your 10,000 hours are in. Yes, exactly. So, so you can't, uh, so they know I know what I'm doing. So there's no, there's no way of them banyards or anything like that because then I know what I'm talking about. And that's something sometimes okay. I feel a lot of uh, engineers uh, miss out on to say you want to, you want people to respect you, but you also not sure of what you're doing. Sure, sure. That is that is absolutely 100. I absolutely agree. The 10,000 hours is a rule that I think everyone should live by. Okay, but you have your, your own beer. It's called Tolokazi, or you must tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Where does <laughs> so the name come yeah, from? The brand is and, yeah. Tolokazi Beer. Um, so the, firstly, the company Brewster. So Brewster is a term that is used for a female brewer. Okay. Uh, so for, for me, um, um, my passion is my passion is Africa, women in brewing, um, the African child, especially within the beer space, and also uh, to showcase to the world that, you know what, in Africa, we can do it, we have been doing it, and we can, we, we, we deserve a space in that global, if you want to call it a table. Of course. We deserve our space. Yeah. We, uh, for me, I've always had a problem where people coming from US or, or Europe come into the country to experience uh, Africa, and we give them the, the obviously traditional dance experience, we give them the full experience. But when it comes to the beverages, 
we still give them what they have at home and there's nothing that exactly um showcase to say this is uniquely truly african or south african um so um that's what i that's what that's kind of like my passion and, and what i want to offer in in the industry so the Tologa brand came also from that uh, point. Uh, so Tologa is, is my clan name, or um, I think it's I don't know what you guys call it. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so in, in the African culture, you guys will know that um, a woman will be, you can change your surname, you get married, you change your surname, but you never lose your, you never yes. change your surname. Because uh, that's your identity, that's who you are. And um, in the beer space, as women have been growing for centuries and upon centuries, um, and even to today, uh, in the beer industry, women are the ones who are still growing. And uh, those women will typically be named after these people, Zabo, but we'll say, Oh, yes, that's so true. Yeah. So for me, that's where Tologa is. Tologa is, is my kin. So if I had seen, if I had Makai, it is a bad boy, I want to go to Tologa. I get that. To say, Love that. The, uh, a celebration of women in Korean, celebration of women in Korean. Oh, wow, wow. Okay. And in terms of the range that you have, um, what have you released as part of the Tologazi brand? And also, is it out in stores or do we have to go online to get it? How do people get to taste the original Brewster's um, <laughs> brew? <laughs> so at the moment, um, we at the moment we have a lager um, which uses a hop called African Queen, which is a South African hop. So all our beers, uh, I've got a, a local, we use local ingredients. So the malts are local, locally sourced, um, the hops are locally sourced. Obviously, where we can't mm-hmm. find any local ingredients, that's when we pick uh, imported ingredients. And then the Pilsner, uh, so which is my favorite, I use uh, sorghum malt. So the Babadwa is Omabele, Omtobo, or the known brand yes. corn. Um, so I use a little bit of that in making the Pilsner. So Pilsner is a, a, a Czech Republic uh, style beer. So it started in the town of Pilsen um, and is known for use of the South hop. So I use a South African hop called uh, Southern Aroma, which um, which is actually a, a corn from the South hop. So similar characteristics. And then um, I have an African pale ale, so where everyone is doing American pale ale using American hops or English ales using yes. uh, English hops or all the other stuff. I decided to make an African pale ale. So there's a few other brewers who have in South Africa actually started this trend of Af- making African pale ales just to celebrate who we are. Um, within that, yeah. I use uh, sorghum malt and I use only South African uh, hops in it also uh, just to showcase, you know, that we do have uh, some good quality uh, local ingredients. And then um, mm. then I have a cider range. So in my ciders, I've got a rooibos and berry cider. That's uh, so obviously rooibos. Oh, that's uh, my kind of vibe. Yes. yes, yes. No, yeah, that, that one is currently uh, very popular. Um, yeah. So you have to try that one. <laughs> no, but they're all nice. Mm. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then we also have the pineapple cider. So that was born obviously during the lockdown with everything else that was happening, people making their own pineapple juice. So I wanted to show that you know what, you can make good quality um, product from pineapple rather than 
I think by the pineapple era, we'll be remembered for years for, for lockdown. Of course. Some people had good experiences, some didn't have such great experiences with it. So I just yeah. wanted to um, make sure that um, we showcase the good out of the pineapple bruise. Um, and then I just also sure. had a, a nine alcoholic, which is also, um, I started making it during uh, when, we were, when the industry was banned, uh, during the lockdown, mm. alcohol ban. Um, so obviously just, just to keep, initially it was just to keep the brewery going, try something different and see how it's yeah. Um And he hasn't, he has been fairly well received. So, so those, that's, that, that's the beers that, that's our beers. That's the range, that's the range. And okay, I mean, and, and wait, wait. Uh, yeah. So I've actually since for the last two months I've been doing road trips around the the country, just uh, creating brand awareness and making people aware of the brands I've done. Uh, Cape Town, Eastern Cape, PE, East London, uh, my hometown, Butterworth. Uh, obviously, even Gauteng. I've been to Limpopo also because uh, my husband from that side, so that's also my second home. Um, and just creating awareness on the brand, approaching outlets to stock. Uh, so we we have a few outlets, but we're still working on a on a more outlets. I think our our the the biggest number of outlets that we have currently are here in Gauteng. Um, you can visit check us our our Instagram page, Zubia, or Facebook, Zubia, and you see where we actually are stocking at the moment. And um, recently we started on, on Take a Lot also, and a few other on the Okay, fantastic. I I definitely would suggest that everyone does try um, one of, I mean, you've got such a wide and diverse range. I'm yeah. sure there's something for everyone. Mm. Um, okay, and then in terms of your your industry and transformation and how you are also trying to 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 play a part in that role, how are you guys um, in your business trying to also change uh, maybe perceptions about beer and also just transformation in terms of getting more women into the industry? Interestingly, uh, people that come to the brewery, uh, you can also come visit us. we out in Rodeport for tours or anything like that. Um, people get amazed at all. <laughs> like when you from, the, from when you walk into the door, all you see is women, women all over the place. Um, oh, really? Yes. It's, it's, we are actually probably, I think, the only brewery in the country that has so many women at the brewery. Um, uh, my head brewer, William Kela, so she's the one who at the moment is running the, the brewery um, while I'm, I'm kind of like focusing on more the business and, and, and sales and marketing. So she's like now kind of running the day-to-day. So she's, she's, going, she's gone through the same training that I've gone through, like the diploma in brewing. Um, and then the next phase for her is that she will go, she'll undergo the master brewer competition also. Uh, so it's somebody I've, I've known for many years, I've mentored her, and when I started the brewery, she was like obviously on the top of my list that I needed to be part of, of the team. So she's also one of our shareholders. Um, and then yeah. uh, every year I take in learners through learnerships, very biased towards women. <laughs> um, so Because <laughs> I think like, for me, that's the thing. I mean, if we talk transformation, who must do it? Um, who are we waiting yeah. for to, to actually action it? So, so I've, and I've decided that uh, for me, uh, I'll be one of those people that not just talk, but actually also do. So yeah, we, we and in terms of the contract bring, um, it's, it's also not by choice, but uh, majority of our clients are black-owned brands. Um, Fantastic. And, uh, obviously, 
to, to a lot of guys coming from different townships. I mean, I've got guys from Itzakani who started their own brand. I've got guys from Shopville, in the Val. Uh, there's a guy from Newcastle in, in, in Natal who's got his own brand. Guys from Victoria in Sashakuwe. You know, so what we see now is like a wave of um, black entrepreneurs wanting to get to get into the into the space. And um, and yeah. I think consumers are also now starting to understand that there's more to be than other the mainstream stuff. But um, people have to try different things. And um, yeah, so things are changing. The transformation is happening slowly, but it is happening. Love it, love it. Okay, last last two questions. Um, who has been the biggest influences in your life? Um, yeah, and it doesn't have to be one person, but when when a Piwa is inspired or looks, who does she look up to? <laughs> That's a difficult one because for me, it's, it depends. It is through the different stages, um, there's always been different people that would, um, you know, I think there's a saying that people come into your life for, for a reason, season, or... For a like, reason, a season, or a lifetime, lifetime yes. <laughs> so there's been people that have come into my life for, for seasons, like um, if I'm going through... A specific thing they would come in and I would, they would help me through that season you know but um looking at a lifetime point of view i think the, the main person i mean for me i'm very i'm very passionate about family and uh, and i'm very fortunate that i've had a family that's very supportive um from my husband yes. to my parents to my brothers and sisters um not only supporting from a career point of view but enabling me to actually do what i want to do um from from a family perspective from the kids and and was one of the things I mean as, as women um, <laughs> not to say it's not that difficult for men also but for us you kind of have to try track the balance way you have to be of course you have to be a wife you have to be a mother you have to be you know you have to you have to take care of the home but at the same time you're building this career and this business uh, and for me having uh, the people that I have in my life who have been there to support and make sure that you know, where I lack, they quickly fill in the gap so that I can also help um, the business side grow. So that, that for me has been, I'll say, the biggest influences and uh, supporters. And business-wise, yeah. Uh, yeah, books have also helped. Too many to count. There's too many to count. <laughs> I mean, for me also, just listening to books, uh, podcasts, and, and hearing other people's stories um, has also helped because then you, you start learning that, you know what, it is possible. Um, Things might be tough, but there's people who have done who have gone through worse than what you're going through, and the light will shine at the end. No, that's so true, and. Like a massive shout out to all supportive relatives and mothers and grandmothers. Like they really do assist us on our paths to achieve yeah. our dreams and our goals. Um, okay, and last one up, Piwe, you've been so gracious with your time. On the Superpower Podcast, we asked this of all our guests. Um, what do you consider your superpower as a Piwe? Brewing is my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, he is a master brewer. Yeah, it's it's something that um, a lot of people don't know of till today that you can actually have a career within within the space. Um, and uh, so it's one of the things that I do. I usually go to uh, high schools and where I talk to the high school learners about the study of writing. I think for me, I was I was exposed to it and. Um, by luck, by and, and and something that I think 
those of us who have made it or who are making it who are trying to make it <laughs> it's, 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 it's up to us to make sure that the generations that come uh, are more exposed uh, because obviously the black child mm. the kids are not exposed they're not they don't know um and and it's up to us to make sure that uh, when they make those decisions they make informed decisions you know uh, they might not choose what i did i don't uh, and for me also what one of the other key things uh being the first black female to own a brewery i don't want to be the last so everything of I course do, i try and make sure that um i i'm not the last one <laughs> uh, you know there <laughs> should be many it should be like um i'm hoping in like 10 10 15 years it should be a norm like even to, even today for me i feel it's something that um we should be celebrating it should it should have happened earlier on it should have happened in the 90s it should have happened in the 2000s you know um it should have been a norm by now but anyway yeah i'm here and um i feel it's something that um what i was probably put in this effort to do also to say i want to be the first there has to be many more after me and that it has to be a norm fantastic thanks so much for gracing us with your time it's been such a pleasure i've been wanting to get you on and i'm so glad that we finally got to <laughs> we finally got to no, do this yeah um, it's like it's i mean um, it gets quite busy i know i know but yeah thanks again for joining us on the superpower podcast yeah this has been my absolute pleasure thanks so much thank you so much dear Hey, you made it to the end of the interview. Thanks so much for listening and hope you learned a thing or two. Please make sure to subscribe, review and leave a voice note for any lady who inspires you. Till next week, have an awesome one. Cheers.